emanating from www.michaelnimmons.org It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. I'm Kevin Merida, Senior Vice President of ESPN. Hi everyone, this is Roxy Roll from Western Air, Bahamas. I'm Monica Morgan, international photojournalist and motivational speaker. Hello there, I'm meteorologist Denise Isaac from WXYZ Channel 7. Hey, this is Maurice Griffin from BET Sunday's Best. I'm Lauren Winfrey, TV news reporter for today's TMJ4 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This is Dr. Eddie Connor, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud show with my main man, Michael Nimmons. Grew up listening and singing If I Could Be Like Mike, and I really do, so I had to listen to how he brings it, how he flows with it, how he engages you, how he speaks truth to power and inspires you to do something greater than ever before. Don't you dare miss it. Continue to listen. Think out loud. Speak out loud. It's Michael Nimitz. You're listening to, and you're listening to, the Thinking Out Loud radio show. 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 The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. One of the best radio shows that I've ever been on. And in Detroit, I can't go without Thinking Out Loud with my boy, Michael Nimitz. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimitz. Miss the show featuring Emmy Award winning journalist and WXYZ news anchor Carolyn Clifford. Now, according to your bio, uh, as a journalist, you've interviewed some very influential people throughout your career. I want you to tell our listeners who has been your most memorable interview. Catch it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Well, bar none, my, my proudest moment was definitely going to the White House in Washington, D.C. and standing right in front of Barack Obama, President, former President Barack Obama. This particular case, I was invited to the White House to interview uh, President Barack Obama and I, I can't, I, you know, he stands above any other interview that I've ever done. And even if I, uh, I, I can't imagine anybody who would, who would top that. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemens. And we are so, so very glad that you tuned in to another edition of our radio show, the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I am so glad that you tune in to this weekly show. We're on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. and Wednesdays at 8 a.m. on Blog Talk Radio. And we come back again on Fridays at 8 p.m. on WDPR 102.4. 
And I want to give a special shout out to my good friend, Pastor Thomas Brockenberry on WDPR 102.4 and the family there. What's up, everybody? Those that are listening on WDPR 102.4 here, there are a lot of people listening in Paris and in uh, other areas over in uh, the UK and the United Kingdom. We thank you so much. For uh, tuning in to the show We truly appreciate you And those of you who are listening Wherever you are We truly appreciate you Just the same Whether you're listening on Blog Talk Whether you're listening on WDPR Or whether you're listening On any of the podcasting networks Apple Podcasts Google Play Music TuneIn, iHeartRadio Or Spotify We appreciate and love you Just the same Thank you so much for tuning in A lot of things to talk about on tonight Uh, A lot of things we wanted to share with you Um, First of all We want to do a quick recap Over the past two shows I mean we've had some great guests Over the past two weeks I'm not sure if you know But we've interviewed uh, The Honorable Brenda Jones uh, Two weeks ago as well as just last week, um, we've interviewed we interviewed Emmy Award winning uh, journalist and broadcaster, uh, news anchor for WXYZ Channel Seven, Carolyn Clifford. That was an amazing interview. Such a great guest with so many great insights on the National Association of Black Journalists, as well as her experience as a journalist and broadcaster. We also touched on the political climate of the American press and the Trump White House and how it seems the freedom of speech and the freedom of the press are being infringed upon by our own government. Can you believe it? It was such a great interview, though. If you have it, if you missed it, you definitely uh, can check it out on all of the major podcasting networks, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, all the major networks that carry our show, the podcasting networks that carry our show, you certainly can listen to it. We highly, highly recommend it. And also, last week's show aired at the close of the Michigan primary. Uh, voters all across the state went to the polls and voted for their candidate of choice. And of course, here was some of the highlights from last week's election results. The race for governor now comes down to two candidates. And we uh, we mentioned it on last week. We thought we, we thought would end up facing off against each other in November. That's Governor Gretchen Whitmore, the Democratic nominee and Attorney General Bill, uh, Attorney General Bill Schuette, the Republican nominee. These two uh, will square off this coming November. These two were the top vote getters during last week's primary, and are poised to face off this coming November. A lot is coming. A lot is at stake this coming November. These midterm elections are so very, very important. It is so very important that we go out and and vote. It is so very important. I cannot stress it enough that we go out and exercise our right to vote. It is our voice. It is our vote. In addition, the race to feel 
The 13th congressional seat formerly held by Congressman John Conyers has gotten a bit more interesting as if it wasn't already interesting enough that seat uh, being empty since this past December when he uh, resigned his office from his hospital bed on the Mildred Gaddis show. That, sh- that seat has been empty all the way up until this moment. Um, and um, the Honorable Brenda Jones, uh, we all, who we also interviewed, as I said, on the show, and Rashida Tlaib both won an opportunity to fill this highly coveted seat. The Honorable Brenda Jones won the opportunity to fill this seat for the last two months of his term, uh, which begins in November and ends January 2nd. And Rashida Tlaib nearly won the 13th congressional seat for the next two years. Uh, Her term will start in January. Uh, she'll be running in November unopposed and will likely become the first Muslim congresswoman in the U.S. House of Representatives. We would love, 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 love an opportunity to interview her, interview, um, uh, interview her on our show. Now, you know, what's at stake for the Honorable Council President Brenda Jones is deciding whether to fill this seat for essentially two months and resign her position as president of the Detroit City Council, uh, which she has for another three years. Or does she resign the position of Congresswoman and continue at the Detroit City Council as a Detroit City Council president. That is definitely a conundrum. A lot of opinions out there what she should do. And there were questions out there as well as to whether she should take the position in Congress or should she remain the Detroit City Council president or or now could or could she do both? Hmm. We just saw in the Detroit Free Press where Detroit Corporate Counsel Lawrence Garcia sent a memo to uh, the Detroit Free Free Press contending that it is permissible under certain circumstances, according to Michigan law, for Council President Jones to hold both positions. This is so, as he says, key to this analysis is the timing and the length of time Involved, Garcia wrote, and I quote, if she wins the general election in November, Council President Jones' time in Congress will be less than two months. It will largely fall during the holiday season, during almost every day of that time. Detroit City Council will be in recess as well, and the United States Congress will be fairly inactive. This is important because the odds of incompatible action are low when the level of activity is low. Unquote. So it sounds uh, like it is possible. What will be interesting is to see what Council President Jones will actually do. Big decisions to make. Uh, Just wanted to make sure uh, you are aware of um, what was what has been going on with us and our show for the past two weeks. I mean, we've had some great guests, great discussion. Want to give you an idea of the caliber of influence and discussion 
that we've had on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. In this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we're talking with a new friend of the show, a licensed counselor and adjunct instructor, Dr. Hakeem Lumumba. Uh, we'll be talking with him about mental health and the subject of bullying. We had a great uh, interview, great discussion about uh, mental health and the subject of bullying, particularly amongst our teenagers and young people and we talked about uh, marijuana as well uh, and um, why our young people uh, use it and what is being used for a very interesting interview and we'll be sharing that interview with you in just a few minutes it's definitely an interview you don't want to miss Always remember to follow all of our social media accounts on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash thinking out loud radio show at uh, on Instagram at TOL radio show. I'm sorry, at the TOL radio show and on uh, Twitter at TOL radio show. Uh, also go to our website, michaelnimmons.com. It's backup.com.com. Michael Nimmons. Dot com is back up and we're live. Go out, go out there and check us out. We're going to be blogging again really soon uh, and sharing more things with you right from michaelnimmons.com. Go there and see what we have going on. Follow us on all of our social media accounts. Uh, we would love to hear from you. What you thinking about? 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 We begin this week's What Are You Thinking About segment talking about Charlottesville. One year later, one year ago this past Sunday, the alt-right held a rally in Charlottesville, Virginia that turned violently ugly very quickly. This was also the rally where protester Heather Heyer was killed. One year later, the Unite the Right rally was held uh, in Washington, D.C. this past Sunday in front of the White House. According to CNN headlines, the white nationalist rally was dwarfed by counter-protests in Washington. Organizer Jason Kessler was hugely disappointed by the low turnout of his so-called supporters for the Unite the Right rally. His numbers were trumped by counter-protesters to the vicious hatred and racism that this group projects. According to CNN, Everywhere they went Sunday afternoon, Unite the Right to rally goers were confronted by counter-protesters who had been gathering throughout the day as part of a series of demonstrations led by members of 40, get this, 40 anti-racism groups. Uh, uh, Our message is to let everyone know We support each other, said Maurice Cook, a core organizer for the March for Racial Justice, which organized the Unite Against Hate counter-protest 
in D.C.'s Freedom Plaza. Caitlin Moore, 28 of Frederick, Maryland, told CNN she was participating in a counter-protest in Lafayette Square to to show this is not okay. And what's even more interesting to me is the whole debate about free speech and how the White House and the Trump administration is campaigning against the media and NFL's players' freedom of speech. Trump and his administration constantly attacking the media and calling them the enemy of the people. NFL players should be suspended for exercising their freedom of speech and kneeling during the national anthem to protest against police brutality and murder by the police of black and uh, brown people. Um, But the White House will not stop. They won't stop and will not stop, uh, nor will they denounce the hatred that is on display by these Unite the Right rallies. They will allow Jason Kessler and his white nationalist group to spew hatred and division. And at one point last year, Trump even said, I'm sure there were good people on both sides. Really? It's hard to see how Nazis and white nationalists are genuinely good people. <laughs> you know, it, 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 that's, that's like saying Hitler was a good person. Huh? It's hard to see this. The same people that killed Heather Hare on last year as a car plowed right into a crowd of anti-hate protesters in Charlottesville, Virginia. The same freedoms and rights that protect these racist white nationalists and Nazis right to protest and demonstrate also, get this, protects the anti-hate groups as well as the NFL players who choose to protest during the playing of the national anthem or the news media who choose to, uh, who who is merely doing their job by reporting the news. They are not the enemy of the people. They are not fake news. They are just doing their job. This, in my opinion, is just a reflection of the current leadership of this country. That's why our voices have got to be heard this November during our midterm elections. We've got to get the word out. We must go to the polls and vote. If you're listening under the sound of my voice, I hope I'm making myself perfectly clear. We have got to go out to the polls this November and vote. We cannot take this election for granted. We cannot afford to take this election for granted. But we have got to make our voices heard this coming November. We must go out and vote not just to change the leadership in the White House and the legislature, but to help quell this racist culture that seems to have been perpetuated and cultivated by this current administration. In other news, we want to take a minute and talk about the violent aftermath of the shootings that took place in Chicago just two weeks ago. Uh, We posted this story on our Facebook fan page. The weekend of August 5th, Chicago Memorial Hospital was in a state of emergency. 
because according to reports, 73 people were shot and there were 11 fatalities. What a uh, tragic uh, set of circumstances. There were so many, get this, trauma patients. They didn't have room for any other patients. This is such a sad story to report and talk about. And for me, when we talk about gun violence and we talk about Black Lives Matter, and they do, um, but then you hear stories like uh, these where we're essentially killing one another. This does not help our cause one iota. And for me, it's hard to separate the black on black shootings from the black and blue shootings because uh, it seems we've perpetuated or at least helped to perpetuate a vicious stereotype that whether unfair or not, it is real that black people are inherently violent and excessive force is required in order to subdue them for arrest. In so many ways, we have done this to ourselves by how we ultimately treat one another. One of our Facebook friends posted a comment to this article saying, we are perpetuating our own genocide. And I have to agree with her. Now, not, uh, not that this in no way justifies the actions of the police because it doesn't. Because at the end of the day, it still is a stereotype that we are inherently violent and, and uh, excessive, force, excessive force is needed. But um, that does not and it should not apply to all black and brown people. We must do a better job at treating each other better. And maybe just maybe other races will see how we treat our, how we treat each other. And how our relationships have improved and will in turn begin to treat us better as well. Just some food for thought. And in another story that I believe is quite appalling to say the least, Laura Elizabeth Cutshaw, according to ABC News, blew through a stop sign at 60 miles an hour in South Carolina told an officer she shouldn't be arrested because she's, and I quote, a very clean, thoroughbred white girl. Huh? What? That's right. That's what she said. She said she's a very clean, thoroughbred white girl. Police said Lauren Elizabeth Cutshaw was slurring her words. She smelled of alcohol and her eyes were bloodshot and glossy. When a police officer put her over here in a 2011 White Ford Fusion in the town of, get this, Bluffton during the early morning hours of August the 4th, according to the incident report, a blood alcohol test registered at one at 0.18%, twice the legal limit. Laura apologized profusely to the police officer for running the stop sign and cited several reasons why she shouldn't be arrested. One of which she graduated from um, uh, a highly accredited university with honors. She's a cheerleader, a dancer, and her boyfriend is a cop. Wow. 
And this is where it really got weird. She told the police that she shouldn't be arrested because she is, in her words, uh, and I quote, a very clean, thoroughbred white girl. (laughs) A what? In other words, she appears to be saying, you can't arrest me uh, because I'm white. And the cop who also happens to be white asked her, what does that suppose to mean? Cutshaw said, you're a cop. You know what that means. To seemingly suggest that there is some kind of unspoken or unwritten rule that white cops don't arrest white people. That only black and brown people are inherently bad and therefore worthy of being arrested. Forget the fact that she was uh, that she ran a stop sign going 60 miles an hour and her blood alcohol level was twice the legal limit, which is a crime. So the officer was supposed to just look past all of that wrong and just see white. <laughs> Who and in her small mind, this is exactly what. He was supposed to see her white skin was supposed to be her get out of jail free card, the height of white privilege. And this statement from her will be very hard to refute or deny because we all know alcohol is a true serum. So in essence, she was stating what she really, truly believed. The officer said to Cutshaw while she was handcuffed in the back seat of his patrol car, and I quote, You know that stop sign that you blew through at 60 miles per hour? There was a car that almost went through it right before you did. If they hadn't seen you coming, you would have T-boned them. You could have killed somebody, and I quote. The offer to tell Cutshaw as she drives her as he drives her to the county jail and I quote and instead of a DUI this would be a felony DUI and you're looking at 25 years unquote we want to say thank you to that officer for not seeing race in this particular instance but rather adjudicating the crime rather than the color of of their skin and making sure she understood the gravity of what she did and what could have potentially happened this again just shows how far we have yet to go as a nation when it comes to race relations amongst our own people Lastly, we want to send our prayers to the one and only Aretha Franklin, as it's been reported that she is gravely ill. The Queen of Soul is an iconic singer in Motown, and in this city's history cannot be written without the mention of the soulful voice of Aretha Franklin and her story family. The Reverend C.O. Franklin is another iconic figure in Detroit's history, pastor former pastor of New Bethel Baptist Church and civil rights activist. Our continued thoughts and prayers go out to the family as they are gathered uh, with where I believe uh, now she's uh, at home 
uh, with her. Our prayers are up for the Queen of Soul, Miss Aretha Franklin. Well, we're going to ride this song out, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, as we go to our first commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with counselor, licensed counselor and psychologist, Dr. Hakeem Lumumba. Don't you go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. more inspiration and more empowerment on the thinking out loud radio show keep it locked hi my name is maya and you're listening to the thinking out loud radio show with radio show host and my daddy michael nimmons you better listen to that little girl Got the munchies? Call Munchies! If you worked all day, need a break? Call Munchies! Having a party for the big game? Call Munchies! If you want some off-water pizza and wings? Call Munchies! Call 248-476-7272 Located at 34527 Grand River in Farmington When you have the munchies, call Munchies! It's their birthday. They need a gift for that special someone. Then call KCN Designs and sit back and smile. KCN Designs specialize in custom-made all-occasion baskets that are sure to make that special someone smile. Call KCN Designs today at 248-820-3691. That's 248-820-3691 and order your custom basket today. Looking for a professional tax and bookkeeping service? Then look no further than Consumer Tax Connect. This is a full service preparation and bookkeeping service that prides itself on great customer service, professionalism, and getting results. Have tax returns that still need to be filed or getting audited or having issues with IRS? Call Consumer Tax Connect today at 248-395-0079. That's 248-395-0079. Consumer Tax Connect, a tax service design with you in mind.
What's up, fam? This is Pastor Mike Nimmers of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to be inspired, if you want to be motivated, if you want to be uplifted, then you need to listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We have great guests, great discussion, great interviews, and you're inspired and empowered all in the same show. That's why you need to listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show every Tuesday at 8 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com slash thinkingoutloudradio. And now you can listen to the show on WDPR 102.4 every Friday at 8 p.m. Stream the show at www.wdpr102.4.com. Or check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, and now on iHeartRadio. It's the best alternative to whatever you're listening to, guaranteed. Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Miss the show featuring CEO of Divinity Divine Magazine, Darlin Johnson. Tell our listeners what it was like sitting on the couch with Bishop T.D. Jakes on the T.D. Jakes Show. Catch it on Apple iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And, and this all happened in one day. So I had 24 hours to get dressed, uh, find a babysitter, pack, and I was on a plane to L.A. And then we were on to the set, and we came out, and I find out that I'm the star of the show. I, like, I was going to be used as the, uh, the kind of like pitch for it all. So uh, they considered me as um, the single woman who interviewed men prior to uh, dating them. It was a great experience. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Have you purchased Michael Nimmin's new book entitled Vision? It is definitely a bestseller in the making. This book is full of positive insights on vision from people like President Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela, and Dr. Miles Monroe. Michael Nimmons offers a riveting and thought-provoking perspective on how spiritual vision transcends both natural and mental vision and propels you to your place of destiny and purpose in God. It is definitely a must-have. Just $20 for hard copy and $3.99 in ebook format. Available online everywhere books are sold. Get your copy today. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Well, we are back on another VIP edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we have a very inspirational person on the line with us on tonight. I want to give him a proper introduction. I'm so happy uh, to have him on the show with us. He is an adjunct instructor and a licensed counselor with over 30 years of postgraduate experience in the field of counseling and addictions. He has a very impressive resume uh, that we plan to get into during our discussion, but he is also the proud owner of HL Counseling Enterprise Incorporated. 
I want you to give a warm, thinking out loud radio show welcome to new friend of the show, Dr. Hakeem Lumumba. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lumumba. Thank you, Mr. Nemeth, and thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely, absolutely. We are so happy to have you on the show with us on tonight. Thank you so much for carving out, <coughs> excuse me, carving out time to be with us. And, uh, you know, um, I, I really appreciate uh, shows like this where I'm able to connect with uh, individuals that are doing positive things in the community and uh, you're doing some positive things impacting the lives of those who are in need of um, uh, uh, counseling and help with addictions. And so I am just, again, glad and happy that you have joined us on this edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Um, but I want to start here, um, Dr. Lumumba. Your name is very unique and uh, we talked offline a little bit uh, about it but I want you uh, to tell us a little about a little bit about how you um, came about um, the name that you have <coughs> excuse me the name that you have now um, versus uh, the name that you were born with yes and thank you for inquiring about that uh, because um I uh, I was born and given a name by my parents of Daryl Garrett. That's D-A-R-H-Y-L Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. -T. Uh, back in the uh, late 70s, uh, you may recall there was a series that came out called Roots. And in, in looking at Roots, it uh, I was impressed with Alex Haley, how he talked about that during the transatlantic slave trade, uh, one of the things that was taken from our African ancestors was our name and our identity, along with culture and religion. And so around about 1993, uh, I began to uh, listen uh, to some of the tapes that was made by um, Malcolm X, better known as Hodge Malik El Shabazz. Uh, and in his tapes, uh, he also talked about how our names and identity, culture, and religion have changed. And I also began to do my own personal research as far as some of the traditional African names and, 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 um, and cultures and religion. Anyhow, uh, I made a decision in 1998 uh, to change my name. And, and so essentially, I, I, I took roughly uh, five years from 93 to 98 to come to this decision. And I, I discovered that many of our African ancestors uh, were Muslim. And, and so I began to look at some of the uh, Islamic name, and I came across the name Hakim, which means uh, wise and judicious. And this is not saying that I am wise and judicious. This is saying that this is one of the attributes of Allah, which is God. Then I began to read about a person named Patrice Lumumba, and I actually first heard about him uh, by listening to one of Malcolm X tapes. He kept referencing Patrice Lumumba. And so I, I did some research on him, 
And I discovered that in 1960 he was elected as the uh, as the prime minister of what's known as Congo, and he was assassinated one year later. And he was given a choice to either uh, go along with the powers that be and turn over the mineral resources to the Western imperialists or to keep it for the people of Congo. And so he decided to do the latter. And because he sacrificed his life and had such integrity, I felt that I needed to carry his name as a way to honor him because very few people, quite frankly, ever heard of Patrice Lumumba. And so that's how I came about the name of Hakeem Lumumba. And I just want to conclude, you know, in, in this by saying that having to uh, make that decision, uh, undoubtedly it, it has hindered my career, and I think it also has hindered some personal relationship because people, uh, for whatever reason, wasn't able to understand the shift and the transition that I underwent. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, we definitely should not be ashamed of our heritage, where we came from, where we come from, uh, because it is definitely a part of who we are. And you've definitely uh, um, shown that um, shown that in in changing your name to reflect, um, you know, your ancestry and. Uh, you know what you really feel how you really feel about who you are so again i i i was very um curious there and i know there was an interesting story somewhere around there and i'm glad we were able to get to the bottom of it <laughs> absolutely so dr lamumba um you know we also with our uh, with our interviews, with the, our very inspirational spotlights, we always like to uh, start off at, asking the question of our guests, how did they decide uh, to go into their chosen profession? Um, you know, you are a, a adjunct uh, instructor and a licensed counselor. So I want to know, you know, you have over 30 years of, ex of experience, postgraduate experience in counseling uh, uh, and addiction. Um, so I want to know, you know, what really inspired you to go into that field? I mean, it's, you know, one that I'm sure requires a lot of study. And it, it's also a field that... Um, is it can be problematic at times i'm sure so what really inspired you to go into that into the field of counseling is particularly with counseling and addiction well first i want to say i i did have an interesting pathway to my current career because uh in college uh my freshman year i started off majoring in aerospace technology and my vision at that time was to be an airline pilot uh, because I was very interested in, the, uh, in aviation. However, um, uh, I ended up attending uh, three different undergraduate schools uh, because of my athletic career. I was a collegiate football player. And so uh, I ended up leaving my uh, first school called Middle Tennessee State University where I was majoring in aerospace te technology and I end up uh, finishing up my undergraduate and graduate studies at Bowling Green State University. 
it was that uh, it was during my master study that I uh, was um, it was time for me to do an internship, and so I did it at a, a halfway house for men in Toledo that was uh, recovering from alcoholism. And in doing that internship, I felt a strong connection with the population. And then I did a second internship at an outpatient program that worked with individuals who had been arrested for drunk driving. And, again, in working with that population, I I felt a connection with the, you know, uh, with working with the alcoholic and substance abuser. And so from there, I eventually uh, relocated to Detroit in 1984, and I worked uh, at uh, with the Detroit Medical Center, Hopper Hospital, uh, as a substance abuse counselor. I worked at Henry Ford Health System, uh, Maple Grove, as a um, clinical manager, and I'm currently uh, working at uh, Black Family Development Incorporation as an independent contractor also working with adolescents and adult substance abusers. So the, the, the whole launching of me into the field actually came as a result of my internship uh, as, a, as a graduate student. And I remember when I uh, began my career in 1982, some of the senior staff was telling me that I probably would only last three or four years in the field because it, it could be such a high burnout, you know, working with substance abuser, because the relapse rate and the recidivism rate is, is quite high. But here mm-hmm. it is uh, 36 years later, and I'm still in it, and I, have the, I still have the burning passion to work with the individuals because I, I recognize that substance abuse and really mental illness is only a symptom of something else that's going on in a person's life. So one mm. thing that has kept kept me involved in this field is is the is, is being like a detective and trying to understand from the client perspective what really precipitated their use of substances or what really precipitated their depression because we have done in my opinion in the field of mental health and substance abuse uh, um, kind of a poor job in looking at it from a um, from a, uh, a a origin perspective, we have focused more on the symptom than the actual problem itself, and I believe that's why so many people end up revert, reverting back to their uh, drug use. I know you are enjoying our interview with licensed counselor and adjunct instructor, Dr. Hakeem Lumumba. We're so happy to have him on the show with us on tonight. Um, Dr. Lumumba, I want you to talk about um, the correlation between uh, mental illness and suicide. We've had doctors on our show in the past that have talked about mental illness and depression. And uh, the general consensus is that depression is real. And if not treated properly, it could very well end in someone taking their lives. So I want uh, you to tell our listeners or talk to us more about uh, the connection between mental illness and suicide. Sure. Uh, uh, So depression and suicide is certainly uh, linked together. Now, everyone that's living experience 
some type of depression. Uh, it could be the results of something that's happened in our life, or it could be uh, stress that we're under, which, which can cause uh, depression. It uh, could be because the person is, is experiencing some form of oppression, or perhaps they have been traumatized in some way. When a person reaches a point of depression, essentially what they are saying is, is that I have done all I have known to do to deal with the issue at hand, and everything that I've tried to do is not working. So in mm. their way of thinking, the only solution to this problem is suicide. Now, mm. obviously, uh, as, a, as a mental health substance abuse profession, we want to recognize the signs and symptoms uh, in the person before they reach the point of, of making that decision to end their life. And sometimes um, a person can be throwing out subtle hints that they're at least thinking about it. And one of those subtle hints is, is that they no longer talk in futuristic terms because they don't mm. see themselves as, as, as having a future. But here's what I think is the key uh, to deal with somebody who is depressed or who's even thinking about suicide. And believe it or not, the key is is for the clinician, psychiatrist, psychologist to really listen to what the person is saying. Because I've been in sessions um, throughout my career, and I've asked my client, I say, so how am I helping you with the problem that you're dealing with? And they typically say, well, Dr. Lumumba, just by listening to me, it's a tremendous help because I have nobody in my life that will listen to me. Hmm. Now, the other thing, uh, as I begin to look at this depression, suicide, is that uh, there are some people who have done some things in their life in order to be successful that has left them highly ashamed and embarrassed. Now I'm, I'm going to go to the celebrities that have committed suicide. Uh, mm-hmm. some, of the things that, some of the things that they've had to do, in some cases almost to dehumanize themselves, I believe have led them to the point where they are uh, basically without a self-esteem and without having a healthy ego to the degree where they decide that they can no longer live with themselves based on what they've gone through. You know, for, for any type of success, you pay a certain price. And certain people have paid the ultimate price, uh, and, and, and that has led them to depression and ultimately suicide. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Hi, I'm Michael Nimmons, Executive Director of the Vision Initiative, a nonprofit organization designed to give young people a new vision for themselves through mentorship programs, job and skills training, empowerment sessions, and much more. Help support the Vision Initiative by donating to this worthwhile cause. Just go to facebook.com forward slash the Vision Initiative and make a donation to assist in helping inner city and urban youth see themselves in a whole new way.
listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and now available on Spotify. Subscribe today. Miss the show featuring CEO of Divinity Divine Magazine, Daryl and Johnson. Tell our listeners what it was like sitting on the couch with Bishop T.D. Jakes on the T.D. Jakes Show. Catch it on Apple iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And this all happened in one day. So I had 24 hours to get dressed, uh, find a babysitter, pack, and I was on a plane to L.A. And then we were on to the set, and we came out, and I find out that I'm the star of the show. I, like, I was going to be used as the, uh, the kind of, like, pitch for it all. So uh, they considered me as um, the single woman who interviewed men prior to uh, dating them. It was a great experience. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Have you purchased Michael Nimmin's new book entitled Vision? It is definitely a bestseller in the making. Endorsed by presiding bishops, pastors, ministers, best-selling authors, and more. Listen to what Dr. Eddie Connor had to say. Vision is a riveting book filled with spiritual keys and pragmatic principles. The insights shared by Michael Nimitz will inspire you to manifest your vision to receive provision. As you read, you will be encouraged to embark on your own vision from within. Michael Nimmons offers a riveting and thought-provoking perspective on how spiritual vision transcends both natural and mental vision and propels you to your place of destiny and purpose in God. Available online everywhere books are sold. Get your copy today. Stephanie D. Sanders, an award-winning singer-songwriter, actress, and now author, has a three-pack combo with her new book, audiobook, and original CD entitled One More Day. Get your copies right now on Amazon, Kindle, and Ill to Death. Check out her website at www.epkstephaniedsanders.com or email her at bookstephaniedsanders at yahoo.com. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. I know you are enjoying our interview with licensed counselor and adjunct instructor, Dr. Hakeem Lumumba. Let's get back into this powerful interview. Oh, you are enjoying our interview with licensed counselor and adjunct instructor, Dr. Hakeem Lumumba. And Dr. Lumumba, you said quite a bit there in that last uh, statement. And uh, one of the things that really stood out to me was really the severity of mental illness. Uh, and um, and what it could very well 
lead to and you basically said there are two ways to treat depression one is by talking and the other is by medicating the person and the treatment that you prefer is talking to that person or talking with that person and you have patients say to you that uh, you just listening to them um, has been very therapeutic for them because they don't have someone in their life that they can just talk to and they will listen and I think that in and of itself is remarkable exactly and uh, in my in my current practice at HL Counseling Enterprise Incorporation I'm on panel to work with healthcare professionals and what I mean by that uh, working with doctors nurses pharmacists um, uh, anesthesiologists people who are in the field to provide uh, health care to the general public and and you'll be amazed on how many of those individuals are suffering from mental illness and suffering from substance abuse and so uh, in my practice uh, I provide both uh, individual therapy and group therapy and really what we are doing is taking time to talk about the issues that they're struggling with the stress the stressors in their life and also some of their unresolved childhood issues that led mm. them to uh, using substances now i've been i've been working with this population since 1996 and prior to working with this population i had no idea that uh, medical doctors nurses pharmacists were struggling with these issues but yet they are charged with providing health care to the general public. Right. Wow. But that, but that just goes to show you that they're human too. Absolutely. Absolutely. That where does who does the doctor turn to when he needs he or she needs help or they need counseling or they need some type of medical attention, you know. Yeah, right. Very true. Um I know you are enjoying our interview with Dr. Akeem Lumumba. I truly am as well. Dr. Lumumba, um, I want to know, um, what are, do, you, do you treat uh, young people as well as adults, or you just treat adults exclusively? Well, at my, uh, at, with my uh, independent contract with Black Family Development Corporation, I am treating adolescents, and that's between the ages of 13 to 18, as well mm. as adults, uh, 18 years and older. And with the adolescents that I'm treating, most of them are, are being treated because of their use of marijuana. It's almost an epidemic. And here's, here's the theme that seems to be coming from that population. And that is they are using marijuana to cope with the stress in their lives. And oftentimes I'm asking a 14, 15, 16-year-old kid, what type of stress can you be experiencing at such a young age? And many times what they're telling me is uh, peer pressure, uh, pressure at school, and living in an unstable 
uh, unsafe home environment. And so they're saying in order for me to cope with my environmental stress, I need marijuana. And so I said, well, who is it do you have in your life that you can talk to when things really get challenging for you? And like so many classes, I said, that's Lumumba, I don't have anybody. And so I turned to marijuana. Uh, what has happened to our family structure? Because supposedly if you have an issue as a kid, you can turn to the adults in the family. But these kids are telling me that they can't turn to the adults because many times the adults are using some type of mood-altering substance or they are living an unhealthy lifestyle. So their choice that they, cut, that they go to is the uh, marijuana. And the children are really just doing what they see their parents do. In some ways, they are emulating uh, their parents, and certainly their peers are, are reinforcing that if you really want to chill out, per se, uh, marijuana is the best method. Absolutely. And, and the young people are using marijuana as an escape. It's an hallucinogen. It's a way for them to escape the reality of their lives uh, if nothing but just for a little while. And I'm so glad you um, were, were, we, we were talking about uh, young people and adolescents because, um, you know, the problem of bullying and peer pressure is a major one and still is a major one in the lives of today's young people. And, I mean, I, I remember being bullied when I was a kid, and it just seems like it is going to, it has continued on and even going on to another level now that we have social media involved. Uh, we have something called cyberbullying that is, um, uh, you know, that is uh, a term that's used when young people bully each other on social media. I'm sure you're aware of that as well. You know, my question, Dr. Lumumba, is how do these young people end up uh, being treated by you if they say their parents are, um, you know, sometimes substance abusers themselves? Well, typically uh, what happens is is that they are coming to me because they have gotten themselves involved uh, from a legal perspective. And they are, either, they are either in a process of being incarcerated or at minimally being placed on probation. And so there is a system in place where they try to give a kid a chance to avoid probation by coming to see someone like me with the hope that they will change their behavior. Now, when I do work with a young kid um, who is struggling with marijuana, uh, they, A, don't feel that they have a problem, and B, they really can't make any long-term plans as far as saying, well, Dr. Lumumba, I'm never going to use it anymore. So what I try to do is use a method called harm reduction. Harm reduction is based on the principle that, okay, so you're not going to stop using. You've already made that clear. Let's see if we can get, help you get to the point where you are reducing the frequency of the marijuana. 
Now, if you cannot reduce it, then we need to begin to look at it and say, well, maybe your problem is, is, is worse than what it is. But, but beyond that, it still goes back to, so what are some of the other, other healthy coping mechanisms that you could use to cope with the challenges in your life? And so I try to use the combination of the harm reduction but also looking at alternative ways of dealing with the issue that they're struggling with. Now, let's also remember that during the time of adolescence, from a hormonal perspective, the person is going through multiple changes because, you know, they're making that transition from being a pre-adolescent to a young adult. And so with, with that hormonal changes, you can expect, besides the peer pressure, besides the bullying, you can expect that from a psychological point of view, they're, they're going through a lot of things. And I can remember when I was an adolescent uh, back in the 70s, I can honestly say that I went through a period of depression, not because my life was topsy-turvy, was because of the hormonal changes that I went through, and I eventually came out of it. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Miss the show where we talk to church hurt with international evangelist, author, and worship leader, Elder Aaron Porter. This controversial topic of church hurt. I want to put this disclaimer out there. We're not talking about it from a position of perfection or a position of judgment or condemnation, but uh, we are approaching this subject with great humility, uh, sincerity. Catch it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and now available on Spotify. Just to piggyback off that, um, and I would say this, the grace that we extend to ourselves while God is working on us is the same grace we must extend to others while God is working on them. It's their birthday. They need a gift for that special someone. Then call KCN Designs and sit back and smile. KCN Designs specialize in custom-made all-occasion baskets that are sure to make that special someone smile. Call KCN Designs today at 248 248- 820-3691 That's 248-820-3691 And order your custom basket today You're listening to The Thinking Out Loud radio show With Pastor Michael Nimmons Don't you dare touch that dial This is Brenda Jones. I am the candidate for Michigan 13th Congressional District, and I am live on the air on Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. 
giving voice to issues that matter to you. Looking for a professional tax and bookkeeping service? Then look no further than Consumer Tax Connect. This is a full-service preparation and bookkeeping service that prides itself on great customer service, professionalism, and getting results. Have tax returns that still need to be filed or getting audited or having issues with IRS? Call Consumer Tax Connect today at 248-395-0079. That's 248-395-0079. Consumer Tax Connect, a tax service designed with you in mind. Have you purchased Michael Nimmin's new book entitled Vision? It is definitely a bestseller in the making. This book is full of positive insights on vision from people like President Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela, and Dr. Miles Monroe. Michael Nimmons offers a riveting and thought-provoking perspective on how spiritual vision transcends both natural and mental vision and propels you to your place of destiny and purpose in God. It is definitely a must-have. Just $20 for hard copy and $3.99 in ebook format. Available online everywhere books are sold. Get your copy today. I hope you enjoyed our interview with licensed psychologist and adjunct instructor, Dr. Hakeem Lumumba. Let's hear the conclusion of this insightful and powerful interview. Wow. And and I'm sure you would agree that, you know, when a young person is is in their adolescence, that is the, their, their, their most vulnerable mental state because and their most vulnerable and the, their most impressionable um, meaning that you know they're susceptible to peer pressure they're susceptible to bullying like you said their their hormones are changing they are they're getting um, they're, they're maturing so a lot of things are going on and um, these young people are trying to find ways to cope with what they're going through, right? Exactly, exactly. You, 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 are, uh, you are correct. And so the challenge is, is that how can we help them to identify healthy coping methods? I know you guys are enjoying our interview with Dr. Akeem Lumumba. I certainly am. And I want to stay... Um, on this subject of young people because our youth are, are so very important and um, I, 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 we've talked about mental health from um, the adult perspective but we really haven't delved into it from uh, the perspective of, of young people and I'm so glad that we have this opportunity to discuss it in this way um, I wrote a book entitled Vision and in this book 
um, you know, talking about uh, vision and uh, we, we talk about, um, you know, individuals who who feel hopeless and feel uh, depressed and feel like, as you said, they don't the, they don't talk in futuristic terms, those who are suicidal because they don't see a future for themselves. We talk about a young man, I believe, who may have been about 15 years old or so, who um, committed suicide several years ago uh, from Renaissance High School. Uh, and um, the interesting part about um, his story is that uh, before he committed suicide, he decided to chronicle the last days of his life on social media. Um, he did it uh, on his Instagram page. Uh, he took pictures, selfies of himself uh, in various circumstances and situations um, as, a, as a way to, um, uh, to let his followers know what he was getting ready to do. And, you know, for example, he took a picture of um, a plate of food and said, um, um, this is my last meal. Um, he took a picture of himself smiling in the camera and saying uh, something like, I think I'll get my haircut before my funeral. Um, and uh, he also took a picture of himself standing in front of um, the Detroit River where he, uh, where he eventually um, uh, committed suicide uh, saying something like I think his, his last words were smile you've lived smile you've lived and very chilling words coming from a young man who was just 15 years old and from all accounts was a very popular young man at Renaissance High School he had uh, uh, a huge following on Instagram and um, you, when you read the uh, the comments uh, you know posthumously of, of his uh, after his demise people were saying how they wish they could have reached him before he died before he committed suicide if someone could only have gotten to him before he committed suicide and I mentioned that because you were saying how um, people who are suicidal don't talk in futuristic terms because they don't believe they have a, a future for themselves and then uh, secondly that um, young people or people who are suicidal leave context clues that they are getting ready to do something to themselves or to someone else and if we only just were able to pick up on those context clues then maybe just maybe they would still be alive right I, I agree with you uh, uh, a lot of times there are there are words that's spoken. They are cues that's uh, that's uh, provided uh, by the person. And um, if we are not cognitive or sensitive to what the, the what the meanings are behind those cues and words, you're right. We will miss the most intimate messages that they are trying uh, to convey. Now, uh, it's, it's interesting uh, that we're talking about this because. 
one of the uh, most important skills of a counselor, therapist, social worker, psychiatrist, psychologist is the skill of listening. Uh, listening to both what's known as the covert message and the overt message. Now, the overt message is basically picking up on some of the superficial messages, but the covert message is picking up on the hidden message that they that the client is 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 conveying, and being able to reflect that back to the client to get more information about it. Now, having said that, most uh, mental health professionals work in an environment that in itself is highly stressful. Uh, you'd be surprised uh, how many cases that a typical counselor is having to carry, uh, how many clients or patients a psychiatrist have to see. And because of the uh, enormous amount of caseloads, the enormous amount of paperwork and documentation that's needed in order to build the services, the average time that a mental health person, mental health therapist or practitioners have to spend with a client, in my humble opinion, is roughly about 15 minutes. Wow. So 15 minutes, you are trying to decipher and to discern what your client is really saying from a covert perspective. And I have been on this mission in trying to get the field, and I'm talking about the field of behavior health, which includes mental health and substance abuse, that we need to step back and we need to redesign the, the, the protocol that we have because we are putting too much stress and strain on the people that are supposed to be delivering mental health services. It's, it's kind of a paradox. On the one hand, we are supposed to be treating those individuals who's under a lot of stress, but on the other hand, we as caregivers are under an equal amount of stress. It's time for the field, and again, I've been doing this for 36 years, it's time for the field to begin to take a step back and ask ourselves, are we putting our healthcare professionals, meaning our counselors, our therapists and psychiatrists, in the best position to treat those who really need us? And my answer to that question right now is that we are not. And, and, you know, I know that might be a conversation for another show, but, you know, because we're, we're just about out of time. But, you know, my, one of my last questions really is, you know, how do you, how do you resolve that? Because you, there, there really is no way for a counselor to, um, you know, interact and constantly engage uh, clients and patients on a regular basis um, and assisting them with their problems and helping them cope with what they're going through without uh, the, the weight of the profession itself falling on them. You know, how do, how do you resolve that? Is it redu a reduction in the caseload? Is it... Um, Therapy for the counselors, <laughs> you know, how, how do you go about resolving that problem? Well, uh, what you are uh, really alluding to is uh, self-care, self-care for the mental health professional. And so mm. uh, how, I've been, how I've been able to survive in these past 36 years 
is that A, I do not take my work home with me. B, I recognize that there are some things that I simply cannot control, and so I try to focus on things that I can control. Um, the reason that I started my own practice, HL Counselor Enterprise Incorporation, is because I have designed my practice where I don't have to do a lot of paperwork and I can spend more quality time in uh, working with my clients. So it's not so much for me that it's the clients that's caused the stress on the healthcare professional. It's the added duties that goes along with it, such as the paperwork. But, uh, but, but, uh, but it also goes back to self-care. You know, uh, the, uh, the, the healthcare professional, the mental health professional have to understand that they need some time out. They need hobbies. They need exercise. They need vacation. They need to understand that they cannot save the whole world and that they have to fo- focus on eating a healthy diet, uh, having a strong spiritual connection, and also having some healthy people in their lives. So we're really talking about coming up with a sound self-care protocol. And as an instructor, I'm constantly trying to convey that to my undergraduate and graduate students, the emphasis of taking care of yourself. Well, guys, there you have it. Um, I have truly enjoyed our conversation with Dr. Hakeem Lumumba. I truly appreciate him being on the show with us on tonight. Thank you so much, Dr. Lumumba. Before I let you go, I want you to um, um, let our listeners know how they can uh, reach out to you if they are in need of your services. Um, You're definitely... Uh, someone I, who I believe has a lot of uh, experience and insight in counseling uh, and uh, dealing with people with addiction. So if someone is in need of your services that may be listening to us on tonight, how would they reach out to you? Well, thank you for asking. Uh, there's two, two resources that I would uh, bring to the listeners' uh, attention. One is uh, I have a website uh that's a is a counseling enterprise. That's one word, counselingenterprise.com. If you go on my website, it, it, it allows you to see the different services that I offer. It also gives you more, more information about my background. Secondly, uh, I can be reached uh, at my business phone at 248-420-8655. And usually uh, I, I return my telephone calls and messages within 24 hours. And if a person, for whatever reason, don't uh, feel like talking, they can certainly text me at that number as well, 248-420-8673. Well, thank you again, Dr. Akeem Lumumba, for being on the show with us on tonight. We truly appreciate all that you're doing in the healthcare profession and may God continue to bless you. Yes, and again, thank you for uh, allowing me to be on your show, and I have been, uh, thoroughly enjoyed the uh, our conversation. Thanks to you as well. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. 
Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Miss the Show, featuring Emmy Award-winning journalist and WXYZ news anchor, Carolyn Clifford. Now, according to your bio, uh, as a journalist, you've interviewed some very influential people throughout your career. I want you to tell our listeners who has been your most memorable interview. Catch it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Well, bar none, my my proudest moment was definitely going to the White House in Washington, D.C. and standing right in front of Barack Obama, President, former President Barack Obama. This particular case, I was invited to the White House to interview uh, President Barack Obama and I, I can't, I, you know, he stands above any other interview that I've ever done. And even if I, uh, I, I can't imagine anybody who would, who would top that. You tuned in to the Think Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Got the munchies? Call Munchie! If you worked all day, need a break? Call Munchie! Having a party for the big game? Call Munchie! If you want some off-water pizza and wings, call Munchie! Call 248-476-7272. Located at 34527 Grand River in Farmington. Where you have the munchies, call munchies! Enjoyed the show? Leave a comment on the Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook.com slash Radio Show. Share the episode. Subscribe to the podcast. Facebook about it. Tweet about it. Instagram about it. Make the show a part of your weekly routine. Tuesdays from 8 to 9 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and now available on Spotify. Subscribe today. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. It's time, 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 time for the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Thought, 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 Thought of the Week.
In today's start of the week, we want to take a few minutes to talk about the subject of servitude or servanthood. As a minister, I think it's so very important that we understand and know what it means to be a servant. In fact, the very definition of minister to means to be a servant. Servant is not always a popular role to occupy. At times, it can be a very uncomfortable place. At times, it can be a very dark and very lonely place. At times, it can be inconvenient and uninviting. At times, it can be a very thankless and highly critical position. Oftentimes, from the very same people you intended on helping. Yes, being a minister or a servant is not always a, as glamorous as it sometimes appears to be on television or even in the movies. Mega ministries and ministers are sometimes featured on the Word Network, TBN, and other religious networks and stations, and some even have been graced with the spotlight of Hollywood and appeared in major motion pictures to help paint the 21st century picture of the church. But let me be the first to tell you that what you see on television and in the movies many times is so far removed from the truth, it almost does as much harm as the good it's intended to project. Because you see, real ministry takes place not in front of the glaring lights and the high-definition cameras, but real ministry takes place behind the scenes, oftentimes when no one is looking and where truthfully, very few people care. Unfortunately, we've been conditioned to believe that if your ministry is not in front of thousands or if it's not in front of the glaring lights and the HD cameras, that it must not carry with it much value. If what you're doing is not being seen by millions of viewers worldwide, then what you're doing does not have much value. But I'm reminded of the poignant words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6 as he gives instruction to his followers on what are the truest principles of servanthood. Verse 1 he says, Take heed that ye do not take your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. In other words, if what you're doing for God is only to be seen by men, then you have no reward at all coming from God, of whom you're supposed to be serving. He goes on to say in verse 3, But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. In other words, when you're serving the Lord, don't worry about who's looking or who's watching what you're doing. In fact, in my opinion, the further in the background that you work for the Lord, the better off you are. Because just as the scripture says, even though on the surface it appears that no one is looking, which suggests that no one has any idea what you're doing, quite to the contrary, the most important person is indeed watching and in due time what you've done in secret God will reward you right in front of everybody so my advice in working in ministry 
Make sure your motives are in the right place Make sure what you're doing is, for, is solely for the Lord Because what things for certain The crucible of servanthood will definitely reveal to others Who you're really working for And what your motives and intentions are I'm reminded of the words of the song You may build a cathedral large or small You may build a skyscraper grand or tall You may conquer all of the failures of your past But only what you do for Christ will last You may seek earthly treasure, wealth and fame And the world might be impressed by your great name But when all of your earthly cares of life have passed Then only what you do for Christ will last Enjoyed our interview with Dr. Hakeem Lumumba and our conversation about mental health and bullying, particularly amongst our young people. If you or someone you know are in need of his assistance and services, feel free to visit his website at www.counselingenterprise.com. That's www.counselingenterprise.com. E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-S-E dot com. That's counselingenterprise.com to get more information. Next week, we've got another great show in store for you. Next week, we're dedicating the entire show to the Detroit Youth Choir. That's right. We're going to be talking with their director, Anthony T. White, good friend of ours, about some of the great things they've done and are getting ready to do. If you recall, we were supporting and promoting their opportunity to audition for America's Got Talent. So we're going to hear about that on next week. So make sure that you tune in. And remember, we truly, truly appreciate you tuning in to this week's edition of the Think Loud Loud Radio Show. We always appreciate your support. Please tell somebody about the good news that's going on here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We thank you so much for listening each and every week. And until next time, we're talking with my good friend Anthony White of the Detroit Youth Choir. Always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, then you can be it. If you can be it, then you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Be sure to support all of our show sponsors. If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or tune in. 
Want to book Michael Nimmons for a speaking engagement, book signing, or corporate event? Send an email to contact at michaelnimmons.org. Be sure to follow the show on all of his social media accounts on Twitter at TOL Radio Show, on Instagram at The TOL Radio Show, and on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio. Are you an entrepreneur and want to advertise? Become a Thinking Out Loud Radio Show partner. Send an email to Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at gmail.com. We have some affordable advertising packages just for you. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.